Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Saints are coming. The Saints are coming. The Saints are coming. Hello, you miserable bastards, and welcome to the Misery Hunters <laughs> podcast. Yes, just like the prodigal son, I return. My name is Jamie Coburn, and joining me is Mark Jarden. Hello. Craig Devine. Good evening. And Sam Smith. All right. We witnessed a Joe Shaughnessy masterclass, and we're here to talk about it. And we'll, we'll go to Mark. Thoughts on the match? Not fired. <laughs> yeah. I think first things first, it doesn't really matter how it happened. We're in a semi final, we won a quarter final against a team who've had a bit of a a bit of a bounce recently. So for all the all the drama on social media and on the pitch over the course of the hundred and twenty or so minutes, it was a we've qualified. I think that's that's what deserves the, the most attention. I think there's there's plenty to be ripped apart from the from the first 19 and from extra time and, and I'm sure we're about to do that but all in all great character to to see it through when you know if and myself included if you listen to to many people you know that was the the season ending around about the around about the hour mark so just need to, to give full credit I think Goodwin recognised that what was what was on the pitch wasn't working it was pretty for this goal to put us in front not for the first time against against Kilmarnock I think um, Colin Doyle and Danny Rogers have got to be in with a shout of our player of the year <laughs> for their contributions to the cause. They've both, uh, both done us a great turn this year. Um, and then, you know, really, really sloppy goals, which we'll, we'll come on to, to talk about. But I think the presence of mind with Goodwin, who does occasionally make substitutes, which are substitutions which are hard to, to understand, to, to push McGrath on further up the pitch, I think really opened things up for us last night. And you could tell that the balance really shifted. Mm-hmm. After that, and and I think um, I think yeah, I think we we got there in the end. So <laughs> we can uh, we can just focus on a glamour semi final against Scotland's best team, if you believe the BBC, <laughs> or if you believe some of the phone pine Bovro. 
which no one should, but <laughs> you know, shouldn't need that at all. To be fair, yeah, it, it was it was one of those matches where a lot went wrong, but a lot went right at the same time as well. And it, to be fair, I wouldn't have it any other way because it was, it was a fantastic game to watch for a neutral and. Um, I had a pal watching it in San Francisco who kept going, "This is fucking crazy." Um, <coughs> if that—that's the response you want. Then people say we can't sell our league. Um, <laughs> Tell me what Hamilton on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm sure the whole world will be tuning in to see if that job he gets flushed on Saturday. But um, circling, <laughs> we, we should we should talk about the the, the first goal. Um, the the free kick that obviously off the training ground that one uh, I don't know if they realised or expected it to end the way they thought but it caught the defenders off guard and it caught did it catch the keeper off guard or was it just pish? Uh, I don't I know. He just caught anything. <laughs> he's, he's just that guy who doesn't even look like he should be playing football. But call it, I feel really bad for him just looking. At him. You know any goalie or any football player still wear umbro glove and boot combo. <laughs> quite clearly isn't he going to be up to scratch I mean he just looks like a guy who's in a strip at a sports direct he's I, I, I've tried to watch it back and try to kind of look and see what it is he's done I, I, I don't know I can't even put it into words it just looks as if he's trying to catch it and completely it looks as if he's trying to clap his hands on the ball but uh, I couldn't really care when on the back of the net so I've done that back in the day for Lockfield Primary P7 in the P&D I'd have been back down in the B team. Uh, but guarantee he's still starting on Saturday in the top flight of Scottish football. So there we go. And utter Danny Rogers of a mistake. Well, I, I wonder what one was actually worse. Was it the Danny Rogers one or the Colin Doyle one the other night? I'd have that as worse. I yeah, I'd say that was worse. I'd be raging if I was a Kamarnock fan with his performance because he, he did just look like a guy that had walked in off the street and just get <laughs> who's starting. Do you know that? That we kind of dream that every wee guy has when they're like five and they go to a game fully kind of kitted out, <laughs> hoping that everyone will get injured and they'll get a call. It's like he's done Aye. that for a 35-year-old man and just get pulled on the pitch. There's going to be an STV drama in like two years' time and it starts off with Colin Doyle just putting on his work shoes on a, on a Wednesday morning, going out to his office job and then getting the phone call in the middle of the afternoon say, Colin, you're up, it's you, you're getting the call. The scary part is that obviously he went on loan to Kilmarnock after we had had Bobby's Lamal. So imagine like Kilmarnock ended up with Bobby's Lamal. We could have Colin Doyle for three games. Jesus, that would have been a that would have been a highlight reel because Lamal was pretty shite. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. It's a criminal offence how Alex Dyer was allowed to start a season with Danny Rogers and Colin Doyle. I don't know why he should have been sacked for the one having Danny Rogers as your number one and then two thinking I'm going to get a backup and get Colin Doyle. Does anyone know who their goalkeeping coach is? Stevie Wonder, I think. <laughs> Ray Charles. Surely that's a better option. You know how like Jamie Langfield <clears throat> appeared on our bench? Like You'd take Jamie Langfield over them two any day. Mm-hmm. 100%. I reckon so. I... Also, Colin Doyle's a Tory, isn't he? Aye, yes, I remember the tweets at the time. Mm-hmm. So I fuck them. What tweets to Douglas Ross? <laughs> no, it was on about something about tax or something. Was it not? I can't even remember. Hopefully not. The only Tory to lose his job in the next uh, the next week or two. Then. 
And um, you mu- you mu- you do feel for Kilmarnock fans with the fact that they go, they can't even really drop him because the- <laughs> <laughs> you drop, drop him for Danny Rogers. They must have someone in their youth academy. If we can get an 18-year-old in there. Uh, if they can put in their academies older than 14, <laughs> then he must be asking questions as to why he wasn't on the pitch. We're sitting laughing here. We started, started uh, David Cornell in goals many times. So we thought he was to be in that kind of position where you've got another fucking reckless yeah. wonder in goal. It must it really must worry them like um, if Kyle Lafferty's out for a few games because like his goals were bring, dragging that team along. Like if you have a shit keeper, you're not staying up. And like Hamilton's keepers, who is it again? Is, did Luke Southwood go? Ryan back? Fulton. Ryan Fulton. Yeah, Ryan Fulton, but he's out injured, so they've got Kyle Gurley in. But even at that, like mm-hmm. Gurley is. Not the best, but he's obviously a he's a lot better than what Kilmarnock have. You know, I think easily between the uh, Doyle and Rogers, they're the two worst goalies in the league. You know, that's probably a massive part of why they are where they are. But I think Danny Rogers, after he made the error against us, made an arse a couple two weeks in a row after that, and he's obviously been at the team since. But I mean, I knew Danny Rogers was shite, but he, I don't think he's as bad as Big Call. But no. they're both submitting heroes. So. I've never seen a man with so much fear in his eyes when that penalty shootout was a was the club. See the, the the best part about the the penalties was the lack of technique. He just threw himself like, <laughs> and then for I think it was McAllister's penalty somehow managed to try and pull his hand at the way if he got near the ball. <laughs> the, the first commentary team kept going on through the game about how Colin Doyle had kind of redeemed himself for the mistake. And to be fair, he, he did. He made one or two decent saves. Yes, Aye. but. Then he, he fails to perform the, the most basic task of a goalkeeper in the shootout to at least attempt to stop the ball getting in at any point. Was it was it the first one with McGrath's one? He just he stood. Yeah. What penalty was it where he was pointing? Like he was like, ah, you're going there or something like that? I can't remember, but it was... Um, it was it was McGrath's, uh, and he was pointing, saying he was going to go in the bottom left, and thoroughly enough, McGrath hit it bottom left, and Big Cole just stood there and fucking watched him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then obviously we'll, we'll go on to Kilmarnock got back in the game um, and that first goal which was the header from Rossi that was right in it yeah yeah um, Conor McCarthy kind of getting to the wrong side of his man I, I, I wouldn't put too much blame on it yeah we've, lo- we've lost a lot of goals from set pieces but it was a pretty decent header and attack of the ball yeah I don't even know that it's that he's the wrong side of his man. He's just under him. Mm-hmm. It's like Shaughnessy's in front of him, marking the guy in front, and just kind of misjudges the the flight of it. So it just comes up just a you know, half a yard under the ball, and then McCarthy just doesn't jump early enough. I, I don't know if he's maybe thinking that Shaughnessy's going to get to that, but Ibsen Rossi's got his he's as you're entitled to do. Got his, his hands and his upper body up over McCarthy at that point, and he's got absolutely no chance of. Getting in the way of him, I think. Um, I think yeah, yeah. Are you trying to say that Joe Shaughnessy was at fault for something? I don't know about that. No, I was. I was saying the opposite there. Actually, I was. I was sticking a bit into Conor McCarthy. <laughs> anyway. the worry, the worry for me there is that I know you said that earlier on, but it is another set piece goal yeah. conceded. That's if, if you cut out the amount of set piece goals we've conceded this season, I think we'd be close to a positive goal difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. that many. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a slight worry especially like when you see how well our defence can perform at some points like when set pieces come about we've, we we just I don't know what it is that 
happens where we just kind of lose it. If we could defend set pieces and if we had strikers that could put away our chances, we'd probably be. We would have stopped 55. Um, (laughs) (laughs) For how well organised we are in a lot of areas on the pitch, for some reason, um, you know, I know this was a corner and, you know, for example, the the Hamilton equaliser before the split was a, a free kick and whatnot. It's a fairly common occurrence that the bigger threats in the team we're facing, it tends to be with shiter teams as well. It tends to be with your Hamiltons and your Achilles and whatever else. Uh, We're just not on top of who we should be. Yeah, teams whose main tactic is get it up the wing and fling it in the box, that's where it comes from. And we're Mm. we're letting, you know, it just shouldn't happen. You know, McCarthy and Shaughnessy can put in all the the good performances that they want, Mm. but at the end of the day, you know, your, your keeper's there to save shots, your strikers are there to score, score goals, your centre-halves for all the other stuff they do well are there to deal with stuff coming into your box and, and ultimately to get rid of it and I think we've been caught out just one too many times with, with kind of cheaper goals like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll move on to the second goal and a calamity of errors where um don't know what Sean Ursi was doing, uh, Conor McCarthy not... <laughs> Trying to fucking play offside when nobody else was. Yeah, there's a lot, lot went wrong there. Aye, there was just it's kind of comical when you watch it back. You know, the ball originally comes over the top, and you know, I think Shaughnessy probably felt all that we've kind of praised him, and all we do praise him. He could have went out quicker, he could have closed the angle down, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's plenty of other problems in that goal other than. You know, Big Joe, I'd, I'd, I've watched it back and still in any image for any angle, I can't see where Fraser is. Mm. I think, I'm sure just before it, Fraser got caught on the ball, just about the pattern between him and Dermis, the two of them never get back. You know, the midfield have got to track back Kilty. You know, there's there's no way that I think Mark had touched on it before. You know, he's ran like 50 yards to get onto the ball at the edge of the box, uncontested. And as well, just at the time of the ball came over, I think I'd just said that they're a uh, McCarthy trying to play offside and it just looked as if there was like no communication I think the three that were at the back at that point was McCarthy Tate and Shaughnessy and mm-hmm. it just looks as if McCarthy's not really communicated with the two of them he's trying to step up and then turn and caught out it was just it was ridiculous because to be honest Kelly never really threatened much they had a couple of dangerous balls in for but but we completely it was our own making how we threw away the the lead getting to half time, you know, it really could have, if it wasn't for the kind of positive reaction in the second half, it could have been could have been very costly and we could have been sitting here, as Mark said, with the season all but over. But aye, well, I'm sure we'll touch on the stuff later on. But the goal was just there. Uh, aye, it was just, um, just awful. Just were you mentioning Fraser there, Sam, how did you feel about the the inverted fullbacks? The the kind uh, of big switch for the first time this season? I didn't I didn't get it if I'm honest. I didn't understand it either. I thought we ended up having a, a lot of trouble down that side. It, it looked actually, to be fair, as if it was kind of working. Maybe the first 10-20 minutes was a few good balls up. Fraser, I think in particular McCarthy hit one and it was an absolute beezing of a pass, but Kelly seemed to kind of cotton on to it and then the, the trouble just, as soon as he did, the trouble started down that side. Like Burton in particular was kind of minute his time and time again. It, it seemed like a really kind of weird decision to me and I think it was weird enough that the, the commentator even pointed at it as well that the switch so what it was thinking I don't know I mean I think Tate can obviously play right back It's I don't think it's that he can and Fraser is a competent yeah. player they, they both got forward plenty and I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really picking much issue with that I, you've got to assume that they're both 
they've been switched over the way they have to cope with you know both Achilles goals in the previous match coming from open play coming from from down the right and I don't know if it's like cutting back in and putting crosses in and you're sticking guys out there to to maybe try and force people out onto their less comfortable foot or to, to try and negate something there but for me it, it just didn't work you lost a lot of what makes Fraser particularly strong going forward because he's on his his wrong foot so he was just a little bit quieter I think I mean I think Tate was one of the the standouts yeah, but yeah, we'll I think he would I think he would have played that well in, at left back um, if not if not been slightly more comfortable than he has been this season and, and I think you would have got more out of Fraser in his natural position but I'd, I'd like to know the, the reason for why there was this was the first time we'd seen that yeah and we will mention that obviously we defend Joe Shaughnessy a hell of a lot on this podcast and on Twitter and we know he makes mistakes and we're not defending those mistakes but he does cut, get a lot of criticism for the fans where others don't and I think that's why we're very much wanting to step up and defend him a little bit because the, like numerous errors made on that second goal but it was Shaughnessy that got the brunt of it on um, mm-hmm. on Twitter and then when he made that challenge in the second half right at the start of the second half absolutely fantastic challenge there was just people on Twitter saying he was a liability that's him he should have been that could have been a sending off he's made a last ditch t- challenge and won the ball and it was a fantastic tackle and then as soon as the replay a few people yeah, went all oh, right. That was actually a good tackle, but a few people just left it and ignored it. I was... just just refused to kind of acknowledge that he's a good defender. You know, I, I think yeah, fair enough. I think it's fine to criticise players, but there's I mean, it's quite. I don't know if Big Joe is a guy that's kind of on social media. Don't he comes out? Don't he's on Twitter, Instagram, and yeah. like that. If it's kind of private and kept quiet, you know, it's wouldn't really be nice if you get half your support getting on at you constantly for. Mm-hmm. Which, to be honest, it's stuff that really isn't his fault quite a lot of the time. He's getting the blame for people around him making mistakes, you know. I think, you know, between Shaughnessy and McCarthy, it's probably, I don't know about you, is one of the best centre-back pairings yeah. I've seen that's yep. mm-hmm. a long, like, probably my lifetime, to be honest. I don't think I've seen a pairing that I've ever had that much trust in. Obviously, when you've got a, you're playing to a higher standard, you're going to get criticised yeah. more for the mistakes you do make, but... Mm-hmm. I think some of the stuff is quite unjust and to be honest he redeemed himself so. mm-hmm. he did he stepped up and I think that kind of shows his experience and why he is captain and um, like as you said they're what the, probably the best centre back pairing we've had in a long long time and it's usually we've always had one strong centre back with one guy next to him that's a wee bit off um, but with McCarthy and Shaughnessy like I'm fairly confident in both of them that they'll deal with the majority of what's thrown their way. And uh, I'll I think pet pieces. Oh well, that'll come. That'll come. That's what they're practicing. <laughs> but, I think. Um, I think we we do as a, a fan base, and again, I would I would include myself in this for certain people. You know, we've we've been on Irwin's back constantly yeah, um, yeah. in recent weeks, and you know, it's the same thing. I, I think with Irwin, he's more often than not playing himself so it's not as if you're giving him a, a hard time and saying you know and, and there's a baker just sitting waiting and he's had a great game and hasn't had any I think when we've, we've properly slated Erwin it's because he's he has been kind of poor and whatever I, I, I think I think what you're saying there was was dead on it, there's lots of stuff that you can criticise Joe Shaughnessy for there's, there's been plenty of occasions this season where we can all sit comfort of our home what with five replays and tear to shreds certain positions or slightly rash tackles or, or whatever else but I think you need to look at the, the kind of wider picture I think you need to look at what him and McCarthy are capable of doing on the ball and what they bring to us now that we've got a lot more possession mm-hmm. um, 
they, they contribute like McCarthy I'm sure it was McCarthy's singer that you were talking about there that went like 50 50 mm-hmm. 60 yards out wide it was an incredible pass and yet you're only getting that from guys that are relatively high in confidence that are playing every week that I've got the trust of, of those in front of them and, and of the keeper behind them. And I think that's what we've built over the course of the season. I, ju- I just don't know why you would want to to tear that up. There's quite a lot of people almost saying, you know, it's good to get to the end of the season because, you know, we might be bringing in someone else and, and Sean, she's not going to be in the back line next year. And I, I just think that would be a, a no. terrible loss for, for the team. I think we should be building on what's there already much more nice. than, than trying to, to rip anyone out of it, at least at that end of the pitch. Um so yeah, I think um, I'm certainly not going to sit here and claim um, that, that Shaughnessy didn't make any errors last night or that he couldn't have done better, but the, the kind of level of criticism I think that he gets when others like McCarthy, like like Fraser, um, potentially, you know, even, even Tate at times, although last night was a, a strong game, in, in midfield as well, there's, there's a, a queue of folk that could maybe have done better in each of those situations to, to stop what happened happening. And I think... Shaughnessy probably deserves just a wee bit of a break. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, moving on to, well, we're still going to be talking about Joe Shaughnessy. Um, <laughs> absolute bullet of a header. Like, absolutely yeah, beautiful. He, even, even fucking Buffon would not have saved that, never mind Colin Doyle. Uh, it was good. Listen, to, uh, I think uh, when he actually went up top, it made a bit of a difference. You know, I, I, I was mm-hmm. quite sceptical at the time, but I've noticed uh, kind of a few times when we've been behind in games, Goodwin has said to me to go up and, you know, for a I mean, I think, I'm sure it was Ross who we were discussing in the group chat a while ago, his stats for the amount of headers he won. And to be honest, it makes sense if you're lumping the ball into the box, you want a guy who I think, I think his heading percentage, we wins about 70% of his yeah. jewels. You know, if you, you're going to want a guy who's if a guy's going to win the ball seven times out of ten then get him in the box and I don't, if we can kind of get deliveries as good as that you know more often than not you get Sean the same McCarthy Fraser Tate on the score sheet they're all kind of it's one thing that I've noticed this season they're all good headers of the ball so you know if we can get more quality deliveries in then you could probably expect to see more goals like that it was just uh, it was just really good though that it was him that scored yeah it was and, uh, so gratifying <laughs> That, to be fair, that picture we shared at the end, um, courtesy of Mark, uh, was actually made just after that goal, but I'd chose to, to wait to full time before we <laughs> shared it. Just <laughs> Not that I don't trust him, but you know. Ah, you would look like a Barney. Yeah. Um, More of a Barney. <laughs> but him up front, like that could be even an option. I think like, James McFadden was singing his praises like um, about how well he was doing up front and turning defenders and um, that could be an option when, like, you know, we've got these injury issues. Um, and Lee Irwin, yeah, yeah. and Lee Irwin's. I mean, you've got the I mean, you've got the Lee Irwin issue, and it's always good to have somebody else that can play up front. Uh, you know, if, if Dennis is injured, then Obika's injured, and Brophy's injured, and Quainer's injured, and Irwin's fit, then I would have Shaughnessy up front. I mean, I would have sh- start um, Shaughnessy and uh, Quainer up front together, they, they seem to do well last yeah. night, so. Not yeah, night, the other night, whatever. Um, and then we'll talk about the first one of the dodgy penalties. Like at least unlike Tommy Wright, we can both we can say both were fucking not penalties. But um, first one, Conor, um, Kyle McAllister actually getting a touch to the ball, not taking the man at all, and 
don't know why the referee's pointed to a penalty, clearly. Um, whoever the Kilmarnock player was, I can't remember off the top of my head. Hornstrup. Hornstrup sold it well, even though I don't uh, think he did. But. I think, uh, you know, it was, uh, I'm sure it was after the Celtic game, we fucking named a podcast after Don yes, Robertson. You know, we said that, we said that obviously at the time, look, it isn't as if it's some sort of bias against it, man. That is just that he is a really poor cool referee. And, you know, the, the first of the penalties, you know, it's, you see it quite clearly on every angle that he's won the ball. You know, he completely knocks the ball right back into Jack's hands. And I think yeah, Hornstrup obviously made the most of it. But, you know, it didn't really look as if any other of the players were sort of screaming for it. I just, uh, you know, he was in a good position. He did nothing blocking him, nothing blocking his view. And I thought to me, if he were that he was standing, you know, you'd see it first time in the tail. It looks as if McAllister's took the ball. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't get what's made him give it. But uh, the guy that had the penalty had to look a right fud after it. So, yeah. It was Ross Miller, wasn't it? Uh, I, saw fucking s- da, it? I saw someone on Twitter saying that there'd been like a an incident with him earlier in the season um, for, for something. And that was maybe why he was getting a bit, um, uh, a bit narky. I don't know. It was, it was a, is it Anik that he points at and calls a prick? Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think so. Yeah, it's a strange one. I, I will point out that I noticed, and it's quite funny. See when um, uh, I think it's Shaughnessy's goal. I can't think if it's Shaughnessy's goal or the penalty that McGrath hits after this, um, where Richard Tate screams in Doyle's face and then turns it's the, the head at Shaughnessy's goal uh, as soon as the ball hits the back of the net <laughs> he screams thank you very much for that first goal by the way you did as a real turner <laughs> I, I, did, I know we've moaned about it in the past when like Motherwell players have done it notably Motherwell players have done it against us um, but I, I did quite enjoy that it was only for a brief like two seconds but it was just a proper get it up you kind of thing um, man you love a bit of shithousing when it's your team that's doing it I know I know of course and then the, the penalty we won I think actually the more I watch it the more I'm I think it may have been the right decision I don't think it's as dodgy as Tom, what Tommy Wright said or, or some other people it's very hard to see because the ball becomes loose whether that's um, Doyle Hayes kicking it out of his hands or whatever it, you've got um, is it Millen that's Millen that's trying to um, rescue that the mistake that he's allowed Doyle Hayes in and you've got Doyle coming at his feet as well he's going down um, there's contact from both sides I don't Aye. know man I mean to me him Doyle getting clattered to the penalty um, I think Aye, the keeper does come in and wins the ball maybe Aye, I guess it kind of depends. I mean, it's it's a hundred percent on Millen that one. He's so hesitant, but it just looked like a total mix-up. He should have maybe Doyle's told him to leave it. I don't know. I couldn't really see, but either way, Millen's kind of standing there with Doyle Hayes bearing down on him. He should have just like up and out, just fucking hoof it. Tell me if I'm um, wrong, and, and Sam, you can go to your judgment on this from the goalkeepers' union. But my first reaction watching that last night is that it was Doyle clearing out. Uh, Doyle Hayes from the back. I, 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 I'm, I'm the same as you, so when he kind of came out for it, I thought, I don't know if he's took it's the ball, clumsy. but there's a couple of angles you can see. It just see when you've got the agility and sort of mobility of bin lorry if you're running out at that speed <laughs> and kind of clattering into somebody. You know, there's, I think there was yeah. an incident a few weeks ago when we played Motherwell when Jack made a save 
and it kind of took the guy out in the process and it was something sort of similar but it's the difference between a good, having a good goalie and a, a bad goalie and I think he might have gave the penalty because it looks as if Doyle's not really won the ball because he's, he's had it in his hands you know, it looks at, there's yeah. an angle looks he sees he's had it in his hands and I'm sure he's dropped it but you can't be that clumsy you know especially that late in the game I think either Millen's just got to hook it away and to be honest if you're listening to the shouts for Colin Doyle then get what you deserve and they end up just put the bond to Rosette I don't know I, to be honest I don't know why Doyle came that far out for it it looked as if Millen pretty much had it under control but now fair play to Jake to get in and get a tone it was important and they end up is it maybe that the, the referee's just seen that situation happening and he's, he's already kind of half made his mind up when he saw Doyle fucking rushing out and <laughs> taking him down so this is a pen guarantee it fuck it <laughs> <laughs> But, I think if a keeper comes out like for a ball in the air and clears someone out mm-hmm. on their way to like collecting the ball or at least parrying the ball, they're always going to get the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I guess just because it's expected that that's similar to you know, like a high foot next to a head or whatever. It's just expected that that's the area and really you're putting the strikers putting themselves in that situation. Whereas I don't know if that applies the same sliding across the turf to no. someone who's got his back to the keeper and is already wedged in there by a defender. It just looked very very clumsy for nah it's not, I'm always I'm not like saying I'm a professional goalkeeper obviously far from but when you play football at any level you know like coaches always used to tell me if you're getting out and you're diving at somebody with your feet and not really using your hands you're just putting yourself at risk it's just daft you know it's the same at every goalie in the world at every level gets taught you know go for the ball with your hands I don't know why the big guys slid with his feet but you know, as we said he's kind of wrote his cell into St Martin history so it's the goalie that got some unfruit of the semis the year they won the Scottish Cup. Yeah, and that European run in the next season. Un- unbelievable. Thank Should you. sign him, Missile. to be honest. <laughs> Get a statue of him outside the stadium rather than sign him. Stick him in the panda costume. Got, or you, got to use that European money somehow. Um, <laughs> the Another cool Cam collected penalty from McGrath. I'm, I'm happy for us just to play for penalties now, to be honest. Yeah. Aye. I think uh, there's, I see that and a few fans for other teams having a wee dig at how many penalties we get but to be honest it's stop fucking booting shit out of players in the box it's or cold. catching the ball it's kind of fairly simple don't mm-hmm. commit fibbles in the box so, it's, a kind of, it's a valid point because you see like a, I don't know if a, a, you know, it's a completely different level but like a Ronaldo or someone if he scores 30 goals a season and 15 of them are a penalty then you kind of go mm, really but so there's two points to make with that people are just jealous that's one and the the second point is when you're at an elite level football club like St Mirren you're going to be in the box more often than other teams and that's where like why those challenges are happening. And that's why we're getting all these penalties. It's because we're such an attacking force and we're always a danger in that box that defenders just wipe people out. So that, that's... I believe you call it an, an establishment club, is what we are now. I, I believe I believe that is the, the correct term. Thank you, Sam. It's so fucking big time. <laughs> that's the thing when happens just when you're a massive global brand like St. Mirren, <laughs> you're always gonna get the benefit of the doubt. Referees have a St. Mun bias. He's all looking forward to the the Super League next season. Cannot wait. I, I, I'm glad that the English clubs are out of it now. It's now it's yeah, just, just pure elite. Now. Just us and the Spanish lads. Uh, it'll be, it'll be good. And Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> no relegation. So it's them down to the ground. Um, 
Moving on to like the, the penalties, we can briefly talk about them. All expertly taken by our boys. And then I am uh, Rory McKenzie missing his. Great. Special mention for uh, Kyle at the end with the size of his balls with a no, hit, uh, no look penalty. Can't can't give the keeper the eyes if you're no looking at him. <laughs> you could uh, I think you could go and tell Colin Doyle to go stand in the corner and they still wouldn't have saved it. So can you imagine what if I could have come out today and Kyle had hit that last penalty and everyone saw he wasn't even looking? That would have been I know outrage, absolute outrage. Jackson levels of of anger, Jackson and Andrew. I'll tell you what, though, I am a huge fan of Annex shithousery on the line. Though, especially for the yeah. first penalty when he just stood at, like right next to the post and was like, there you go. <laughs> you can do that when you're not calling Doyle. Yeah. You, you can do that when you're a good goalie and though a fridge who's just kind of throwing yourself when you're at an establishment club. Um, I, the, I, before, obviously, we move on, another like. Fair play to Colin Doyle for apart from one penalty, managing to go the wrong way every single time. <laughs> like, uh, just it's, uh, I, I don't, it's been a long time since we've seen a goalkeeper that bad play against us. Probably since Danny Rogers in January and before that, I really can't remember. But uh, fuck me, you uh, really excited to play Colmarnet in a few weeks' time to see who wins the tombola to play on goals that day. <laughs> Tommy Wright would probably be better in goals or maybe Callum Waters we, we, we'll get to see him at some point surely it's his only chance of getting in the team <laughs> um, some special mes- uh, mentions which we've kind of already touched on Tate like probably my ma- our, our man of the match like um, absolutely fantastic performance and you could tell right at the end that he really wanted us to get through that game he's got to be the fittest player in the division like honestly, I don't, I don't see who's close. He's relentless. Cross uh, he's been doing in car parks. But... It's, it's nuts. I do like I remember. Obviously, when we signed the last year, there was Motherwell fans kind of hinting that his legs had gone. But I'd love to go back and find the comments to fucking slate those people who thought that guy's legs had gone. You know, I, for, I think he might have. I think he probably played about maybe 35, 40 times for us this season and he's he man I think he actually looked fitter than the younger lads for both sides of the pitch. Like you know there's a lot of like good solid pro like obviously shout out to Chris Burke as well, you know, thirty seven, thirty eight, you know, still one of the fittest players in the pitch. But you know, Richard Tate's level of fitness for the fact he's able to get up and down at the intensity he does and still kind of maintain the you know, even like late in the extra time, it was still bombing forward, getting crosses in, and uh, we're just we're really um, lucky to have a guy like that. And uh, I think oh, he could play in. So I was just going to say, I think he could honestly play any position on the pitch as well. It's just, it's just an intelligent, athletic, on the most part, sensible. For you know, a couple of rushes of blood to the head at the start of the season, apart, he's been, mm-hmm. he's been so consistent and so valuable um, as well. A lot, a lot of what he does, we've just not had. In, in that left back position for you know for for seasons, mm-hmm. um, I think it so kind of rubs off on the rest of the team as well that that type of attitude because yeah. it was just the, the, the never kind of give up, never die. You know, kept kind of tapping away until we made things happen. But fair enough, the the performance for most of the game wasn't brilliant, but you cannot for a second say the heads ever looked like they'd gone down in that yeah. game. And I think that that's a direct benefit of having players like Tate yeah. and Fraser and even Anik in the back line it's, sure. it's just the team mm-hmm. and uh, another 
fantastic, really promising performance from Jay Henderson. Like, even at one point where our midfield, there was a, a good section of the game where our midfield disappeared, he was the, the, the player that was doing the business. Aye. I think that, for the mm-hmm. Aye, that's, I was about to say, like, see, it's so refreshing to kind of see a younger player scream to go on the ball constantly. I think uh, my pal had mentioned that he kind of reminded him of when McAllister thought, uh, first kind of broke into the team, like constantly looking to get on the ball. And you know, as well for me, like a big thing I really like about me, loves to have a go at his man. Like he's kind of not one of the wingers that tends to play it safe and try and get his cross in early. Like he will try and get to the byline. And you know, he's, the quality of the balls he hits in are pretty good. You know, I think he had a couple of ones that went a wee bit off. And for a lot of players, you know, at that age, it kind of could deter them a wee bit, maybe stopping for doing it. But you kind of, it was like, nah, went down and kept trying it. So, nah, fair play, mate. If the academy's going to keep bringing through lads like that, then get plenty to be optimistic about it. Kind of, I think I said it the week before that it means that we might not need to go. We could probably focus spending the money on a bit more quality rather than quantity. If we've got lads like that, that are ready to come through. Mm-hmm. For all, um, for all we talk about the academy. Um, Henderson getting in and getting a couple of starts is actually the first real breakthrough there's been this season. You know, Reid was on for the final five minutes against Rangers. I can't even remember if he, he got on the ball. Right. Um, and you've got your guys, you know, like Cammy and, and Erehon, who now, you know, despite Erehon's age in particular, they've, they've been around the first team squad for three, four years. Henderson's mm-hmm. really the first guy this year to get mm-hmm. to get minutes. I think, no, I think it just shows that there's... Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm just going to say, I think it shows that there's obviously... A depth of, of talent there. There's there's technique and attitude to get on the ball and to to contribute, and I'm sure that's not just restricted to to him for sure. So hopefully this is maybe maybe opening us up a bit more to trust a bit more of that for for squad depth. Mm. Aye, I, th- I think we all thought it was going to be you know for the way things were going. Dylan Reid would, would have been the one that broke through towards the end of the season. I know he's been out for a couple of weeks for school exams, but no, um, just so impressed with. Jay, he's just, you know, for a young player, so kind of composed, calm, doesn't seem to snatch at many chances. You see a lot of kind of young players break into the squad and maybe try and do a wee bit too much at times. But for me, he seems to just kind of pick the, the more, uh, the, the right option more often than not. And he's managed to come in and kind of impose himself a wee bit on games. And that's, that's all you can ask for a, mm-hmm. what, a 19-year-old making his settings when he's setting start, he's setting appearance. He had a, he had a sub appearance before, didn't he, Shirley? I was he, I was he setting start. So, uh-huh. aye. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's just like you say. It kind of lets us maybe focus on other positions if we've got that kind of backup on that side. Mm-hmm. And uh, St. Johnson uh, in the next round of the cup, uh, especially we should really fancy that because I'm not saying that our momentum could probably help us a wee bit here. We are that. This is obviously if we win against Hamilton kind of thing. Um, St. Johnson are obviously in the top six and they're, they're playing much stronger teams than them and they've, they've not won since they've in the league since they've been uh, hit that top six spot because we've now got more points than them. That's right, isn't it? Aye, that is right. Aye. Um, so, yeah. St. Listen, St. Johnson are a team that are only, but at the time when they finished top six, three goals better than us. Yeah. There's, there's you know, there's, you can put up bit of paper between the two sides you know fair enough obviously St John's have grabbed the headlines and rightly so because they won the League Cup mm. but uh, I think it was probably 
they're not going to keep playing the way that they are forever. You know, it does. It gets to a point where they are going to burn out. They do play a kind of intensive game. You know, I watched them play against Rangers on Sunday. They were you know pressing Rangers high up the park. I do feel that they tend to struggle when they play teams that kind of play a similar style to them. You know, when they need to impose their game on a team, they're not really too clever. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we beat them already this season. Yeah. So, um, mind games have already started. It's very similar to. Rangers uh, when we met them in the was it quarterfinal or the semi-final and they put out in the news that they were interested in Andy Dorman that we've now done that with Phil Halloran that's what happens when you're the bigger club um, uh, I just, you've got your I'm about to say, when, you've, when you've got control over the media and you're a fucking huge club an establishment it's what you can you get away with doing it so I, we... I, think, I think you've kind of nailed it there. I think for me, I'm not buying into this narrative that seems to be going around where, you know, the St. Johnson Cup double is on. But it's like you say, we're two very kind of similar teams in terms of position and how we kind of impose ourselves on games. If you were going to look at the last, you know, four teams in the, the Cup, the three we could have drawn, you would have probably picked well, Dundee United, I guess, but then maybe St. Johnson ahead of Hibs. Um, I'd, I'd love to just beat them and get rid of the all the kind of media shite and mm-hmm. the good note you see Callum Davidson get to another cup final and not have to look at him Aye. I think no one you go sorry <laughs> nah, I was just about to say the same as Craig if that he's probably he'd be the ugliest manager manager to ever win a cup double and Neil Lennon has done a treble so that's <laughs> <laughs> saying something um, just a glacier looking wee guy I, th- I think that there'll be a, a fire under us as well when it comes to this match because um, they'll want to like the the last semi-final we were in this season like was so disappointing and how we just did not turn up for that match that was there for the taking I think they'll want to write that like you'd hope that Goodwin has got it in them that they need to do that for the fans Um, especially after the showing the fans gave them before the match last time and then to be so let down on the pitch I can't see that happening Uh, to be fair it's worked for us so far on the podcast saying that we're going to win the Scottish Cup so we're going to beat St. Johnson and we're going to win the Scottish Cup it's going to happen so and I think it's all much of a muchness hmm. it's, it's all much of a muchness at this point I think St. Johnston had the previous Cup win Hibs on paper you would say are the, the favourites because they're sitting high in the league but they get absolutely fingered by St. Johnston in the, <laughs> the semis for the last League Cup and for the League Cup so how that, that doesn't make them specialists or favourites in my book at all I think we are very, very similar to St Johnston, and I think Dundee United you know, are, are a tricky team to beat the majority of times, unless you're us and you tank them 5-1. So, I don't think there's a tougher tie or an easier tie to get. I think you just play who's in front of you, and there'll be a very similar game to, to see in the final for whoever gets through to it. So, mm-hmm. I think there is. I think, I think with Livy, there was almost a kind of belief amongst, amongst all of us at that point, that with the way the momentum was going, for all the, the attention that Martindale was getting, we were the better team, and you know, I think that's why expectations get ramped up from all of us, and and it was really, really flat. Whereas this time, I think everyone else just the talking. I think um, I think St Johnston is going to get bigged up between now and then, and it's going to be written as as their kind of fairy tale and all that. And I think the game probably suits us a bit more than it did against Levy. We will be able to kind of react to what they're doing and pick holes much more so than what we did against Levy, where it was kind of on us to to push it, and, and we just didn't. Mm-hmm. on the day so I think we've got every reason to go in with a bit of a bit of confidence and if you have a good if, if it's your day like it was it was um, it was last night then then here we go 
And a, a, a quick look to the game this weekend. Obviously, we've got Hamilton. Will the jobby be flushed? Yes. Cool. I'm very, very <laughs> confident it's been broken down enough. Somebody's, Somebody's got a knife at the back end of the plunger and just stabbed it to fucking it's, it's nearly ready to go. It's been poked at with a brush. <laughs> five or six games. They're ready to get in. And... <sighs> I, I don't know if I, I think yeah, something still in me says that they're still going to go out and win their last three games 4-0 5-0 and 6-0 and somehow manage to overturn their shocking goal difference but nah I think this finally might be the year we get rid of them and uh, I did have a wee celebration on Saturday night. I think that's probably bigger than winning the Scottish Cup in my opinion getting fucking rid of them that's well, a 100% <laughs> and, uh, th- there was talk earlier on uh, a couple of weeks ago that this is the game that Brophy could be back maybe even make an appearance off the bench for him to score the goal to relegate Hamilton bring it on With that Wolf celebration it's happening you can see it already and yeah there's a t-shirt available for with that celebration on it go buy it um, <laughs> uh, yeah so any more for any more we're we going straight to Mark's game no, I think we've said enough. For cool. Covered all the bases that you can cover on this sort of big club podcast. So Colin Doyle going? shite, Hamilton shite, you know. <laughs> and we're amazing. Uh, Callum oh. Davidson ugly. <laughs> so what was this game called again, Mark? I listened to it when I, even though I wasn't on the show last week, it was very good. I did enjoy it. Yeah. I still listened back and the, the cringeworthy attempt I made at explaining this made my toes curl. So <laughs> I'll try and be a bit more straightforward this time. So the, the name is Ray Your Yards Right. Ray Your Yards Right, and it's basically high or low. Yeah, yes, it's high or low. It's uh, last week's winner, Craig, against the returning host, Jamie, in this one. And uh, the Hold returning on. host... I've just got it. Play your cards right. Here we go. Here we go. to get that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my jokes tend to have an eight-day fuse on them, so... The issue, is, is, I'm a, the issue is, I'm about to lose to that. <laughs> um, just for, for Craig's benefit as well um, we'll tell you who's answering this one before before we start and then that means there's no confusion we're just tearing straight in with an answer um, well, one last week I stole it and it's uh, it's Jamie to start off this one so Boss. I'll give you a fact with a number and then you need to tell me if the next fact or number is higher or lower so okay. if, uh, if we do the business against St Johnston we'll be playing in our 7th Scottish Cup final mm-hmm. so you're starting number 7 how many caps has Ryan Flynn had at all youth levels for Scotland? Is it more or less than seven? That's under 16 through under 21. Uh, higher. Lower. It's three. I, I thought, he, I, I, thought three. He, I thought he was one of these players that had fucking loads of caps. Aye. I? I'm assuming so I'd have said the same, Jamie. I, I thought he had a Christian Daly like 40 Aye. odd <laughs> under 21 cap youth career. But. Christian. Three <laughs> under 19 level, I think, and that was him. So. It's over to you already, Craig, which flies in the face of your tactics last week. So <laughs> we'll need to see how this goes. What so your number three. Yep. How many goals did someone score in the semi-final against Celtic in 1959 when we won? How many goals did we score? Is it more or less than three against Celtic? Less. It was more. It was four. We won four now. Fucking hell. So... Back to Jamie, this is a, a proper classic in the making here. It's a ding-dong battle. <laughs> so your number's four, 
how much in millions did the actual stadium cost to build the current stadium, Smyser Stadium? Not the price that was paid for the whole thing. How much did the actual stadium cost? Is it higher or lower than four million pounds? I would. Um, I'd like to say higher. Correct. Oh, thank you for that. It was eight million pounds. Hadn't gave his answer yet. <laughs> I said, said, I'm taking. I would like it to be higher as I'm giving his answer, and I, I would care less for your snash, Craig. You just, you just wait. So that's you carrying on, Jamie. The next, so you, this, this is higher or lower than eight? Eight million. Joe Shawnee. So. <laughs> eight million. So I did say in millions, just to be clear. Uh, Joe Shaughnessy career goals. Oh. Is that higher or lower than eight? And this includes last night. Lower. Wrong. He's got 60 as of last night. Prolific. He's a fucking goal machine and a legend. And he costs costs 16 goals a season as well. Do you know what? I'm generally surprised Um, when I put out that tweet about him. He's done better up front than Erwin. I'm surprised that someone said, well, he is no fucking defender, but no one done it. So I'm I'm very proud of you, Sitman fans. Well done. I wonder if Lee Erwin scored more than 16 career goals. (laughs) (laughs) I need to check. Uh, so back over to yourself, Craig. Your number sixteen. Yep. How many league starts in Scotland has Colin Doyle made since he signed for Hearts in two thousand and eighteen? League starts higher or lower than sixteen? Lower. Wrong. It was twenty-one. Fucking hell, man! I thought that was twenty-one games. Twenty-one games. Fucking hell. Yep. 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 Not great, is it? Hearts um, want to know why wow, they're a championship man. club. Views have come off this game, haven't they? I know. <laughs> Back to you, Jamie. Your number's 21. Higher or lower, how many thousands of pounds were paid for Dougie Emery? Is it more or less than 21? It was more. I know that fact because it's Thank fucking God. outrageous. <laughs> You're right. It was £35,000 that were paid disgusting for Dougie Emery. Absolutely Horrendous. disgusting. Right. The number is 35. Higher or lower? How many games has Jim Goodwin lost to St. One manager? Is it higher or lower than 35? Lower? It is, but only just. He's lost 32 of 81 or something like that. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. A decent record, considering we were pretty shy in his first season. (laughs) He's he's done no bad. Um, So your number's 32. How many Northern Ireland caps does Tommy Wright have? Higher or lower than 32? So I have no idea with this, but I'm going to presume because he's a goalkeeper, he probably got quite a few. Higher? Wrong. He got 31. So one less. That's just shit. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) So back to Craig with two questions left on the table. Might be able to do it again. How many... So your number's 31, sorry. How many years did Barcelona play at the Le Corse Stadium, which St. Man opened in 1922? Oh, yeah. How many years was that this stadium? Correct. 35. So it's close, but correct. Which means it's all to play for here for you. It's in your hands. Oh. Is that a good thing or a, a bad thing? Are you? How has this scumbag managed to steal nearly 
He's on the cusp of stealing two victories in a row here. <laughs> I, I respect that. I respect that a lot. It's the Hamilton way. What is Colin Quenner's squad number? Is it higher or lower than 35? Take one look at Craig's face and tell me that's easy, I guess. What did you say? Higher. Correct. Do you know what it is? It's 45. 45. Yep, 45. For a second before it was 35, that's not right. 45 is also the number of anti-vaccine tweets that Colin (laughs) Quayner has liked or retweeted (laughs) as well. So there we go. Two wins in a row for Craig. He fights again next week. That was more a really shit opposition, to be fair. Um, no offense. <laughs> <laughs> one day I'll turn up to win one of these matches. I was close once and then I threw it away at the end. Um, but we have a brand new t-shirt coming out soon. It's, at, well, it's coming out on Friday uh, to go on our Legend Series, limited edition for the month. Uh, we will give you a hint now. It was not, it's not a player. It was a match and that's all I'll give you. Um, and uh, I'd also contribute that I'm potentially going to take this one for myself as a print instead of a t-shirt as well. As a uh, fan of it. To be fair, uh, I think I'm, <coughs> think I'm in the same boat with you, Mark. I'm done no interested. When is the Colin Doyle t-shirt coming out? <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to release that for the first anniversary next year. Yeah. <laughs> and every year thereafter. Um, <laughs> But yeah, this is a really smart design. It looked good on a poster, t-shirt, canvas bag, hoodie, you name it. Whatever we can print tattoo. it on. Tattoo. If anyone gets a tattoo, you'll get free podcasts for life. <laughs> but thank you for listening to the podcast. Merch is on um, in the description below. And fuck Joe Shaughnessy Hathels. Fuck Ross Fuck Tommy Wright and his fucking shit sash. He's bumped fine. Fuck uh, Douglas Ross and the Tory party. Then. Correct. Something we can all get behind. <laughs> Fuck George Gallo. Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.